Welcome to the Out What Now podcast. I'm your host, Megs Pulvermacher, and each week I'll be bringing you stories, interviews, and insightful conversations with queer folks, much like yourself, about how they've navigated the ups and downs of their coming out journeys so you can do the same while learning to love yourself more fully and live more boldly and authentically. Wherever you are in your coming out journey, know that you're right where you're supposed to be, you're loved, and we're so excited to be on the journey with you. What is happening, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Out What Now podcast. Super pumped to be hanging with you for another week, not just another week, another whole freaking year. If you didn't know, Out What Now podcast celebrated its one year anniversary on Friday last week, September 3rd. I put up a super fun clip that included all of the answers to the billboard question from all the guests that we've had on the show over the past year. It's like three minutes long. It's some super dope queer inspiration. If you don't follow me on Instagram, either at Megs the Connector or Out What Now Podcast. Make sure you go check that out because it is super cool. I'll put a link to it in the show notes as well. But really fun to go back and see all of the different things that guests have put on their billboards from funny ones to short ones to long ones with more explanation and just so much good advice in there. It's, it is a goosebump giver, I'll tell you that, for nothing. And it, it was really fun to make and really fun to go back and be able to share with all of you. So make sure you check that out if you haven't. And if you have been with the show, I don't care if you've listened to every single episode three times, my mom, or if you are someone who is just a fan of the show, you've been around since the beginning, you started listening last week, I really don't care. I so, so appreciate you tuning in and putting yourself in a space to feel less alone, to feel more inspired, to learn more about the experience of others and how it might relate to your own and how you can show up more boldly and authentically as yourself, how you can show up more boldly, compassionately, and authentically as an ally or whatever space it is that you are in. I am so grateful that you are here. This is one of my favorite things to do, to sit behind this microphone, help people to share their stories, to give them a platform, to amplify the voices and experiences that we maybe don't hear so much about if people aren't sitting behind microphones, giving people a space to tell their stories, particularly within the queer community. And it is really an honor to be able to do that and to be able to share elements of my story, my ongoing evolution as a queer identifying human, and to be able to be on that journey with you is really, really humbling. And I'm so, so grateful for you for tuning in every single week, or maybe just an episode here or there, whatever. I'm grateful for you. That's that's the bottom line. And uh, to celebrate beyond doing the uh, video that I released on Friday, I've also created a Patreon account for this show. And if you don't know what uh, Patreon is, it is an opportunity to support creators. And so if you go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, I'm pretty Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. 
O-N.com <laughs> slash out what now podcast you will see the page on there and it'll say like out what now podcast creating exclusive content community events and merch baby and you'll see on there that you can kind of become a sponsor that's what it allows you to do is to support creators by paying a small monthly fee the first tier on there the only option i have on there right now is 3.99 a month and that is really just for general support of the show if and you don't have to do it. Obviously, the podcast is free. You can tune in every single week and take what you need and go do the thing. That is that is enough for me. But if you are in a space where this show has impacted your life in some way, how you show up, how you love each other, how you do the things, and you're like, you know what? I want to support that I want to be a part of this community in that way. I would be so, so grateful if you would um, join in on the Patreon and tap in a little bit. That helps with a lot of the hosting costs, equipment, um, scheduling software, editing software, time that goes into interviews and booking and finding guests and all of the different things that go into creating something like this. It, it is super, super helpful. And um, like I said, I only have one, what are called tiers on there right now. So it's just the, the general support opportunity, but I'm going to add some other opportunities in there that will be increasing in value, but there will be some more community building opportunities within it, like hosting some different meetups and opportunities to connect with other listeners, some merch, some different exclusive content that you're going to be able to get in on as a supporter. And it is super cool. There is a link in the show notes, just in case I spelled Patreon wrong in the moment right here, but patreon.com slash podcast will get you hooked up with supporting the show in a financial way if that is something that you feel moved to do. Please do not feel pressured, but damn, it'd be nice. I would love it. It'd be great. And um, it would help me keep it extra queer out here, if you will. So super appreciate you and uh, check that out if that is something that's in your wheelhouse um, interest level and ability at the moment. Okay, let's talk really quickly about our amazing guest that we have today. I'm hanging out with my good buddy, Natasha Delore today also known as The Bird, which she will explain as we get into the episode. Her pronouns are she, her. She actually lives in the south of France, which she will also tell you all about. And um, she, gosh, we dive into um, some really cool topics, some things that we haven't really dug into that much in the on the show because I haven't had a lot of guests who are sort of in this wheelhouse, but we really dig into um, Natasha's experience with bisexuality, what it's like to experience erasure, particularly within the queer community, and how it can be kind of dicey out there as a bisexual person within the queer community, particularly if you are in what some might call a straight passing relationship. There are a lot of different ways to look at it and experience it, but we get into some of the topics of 
um, erasure, what uh, the importance of being loud and proud. And Natasha helps um, wedding photographers with their website, social media presence, all of that strategic, good strategic stuff. And being around the wedding industry a lot, we talked about bridegroom culture and what that looks like within the context of queer weddings, which I think is a really cool angle as well. And well, we have a, a couple of... <laughs> Um, you'll hear Natasha's daughter a couple of times in the audio. She was really wanting her chips on the day we were doing the interview. So um, a couple of cute little noises in there as well. So super grateful to Natasha for sharing her time, expertise, and experience with us. Again, this is it is never a, an easy thing to just come on this show and share your story. It's a lot more energetically taxing than you might think. So if you listen to the show, something resonates, feels good, you find yourself nodding, you'll learn something new. You can slide into her DMs at virtualbird.co on Instagram. Let her know what your takeaways were and all of that good stuff. I know she would love to hear from you. She is a super fun person to talk to, an absolutely delightful human, and I'm super, super grateful for her. So without further ado, I will kick you over to the interview. All right, everybody, we're here with the one and only Natasha Delore. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you for having me, darling. <laughs> well, it's <laughs> lovely to have you. I'm so excited to have this conversation. We'll just dive right into the lightning round. Yeah. Get some info from you, get to know you a little better, and see what we're really dealing with when it comes to the bird. Yes, please do. <laughs> right. I already gave the nickname away, so don't need to ask that one. I know. I'm like, I probably should put my real name here. They're probably like, this girl's name is Virtual Bird. I'm like, well, technically it's Natasha. My parents did name me that. You know, it would have been did. Bird would have been a great name, though. My real name was supposed to be like Dominique or Nicole, but then it ended up being Natasha after the Russian nurse who delivered me. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> Fun facts galore from yes. Delore. Yeah. Wow. Ooh, I like that. All right. <laughs> Question number one. Where did you grow up? I grew up in a small, small town outside of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. So small. Oh. Um, everyone was like kind of the same. And like we were like the only like black family with like the obscure uh, white stepdad. Very fun. Very entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> Very quaint. <laughs> quaint that's a yeah. that's a cute way to say to describe yes. a small town it was, it was quaint <laughs> yes yeah. and where do you live now well before moving to the south of france i was in brooklyn the hipsterville williamsburg and then got sick of that so i'm now i'm living in monton france it's right right next to monaco and italy so wow Sounds a little bit of a mix gorgeous going on yeah it's living like in it. Europe has to be so cool. You can just kind of, well, when it's not COVID jump <laughs> around, it it's like, seems like it's just so much easier to travel. Cause it doesn't have to be such a big deal. Yeah. Like honestly, Mr. French, Yannick, my partner, he was like, we can just go to Italy tomorrow when I'm off work. And I'm like, Oh my God. Like, that's so cool. We could just go to Italy tomorrow when you're off work. Cause why not? But literally we can walk there. Cause the way that 
France is like situated next to Italy. So it's pretty cool. We haven't really gotten the chance to like fully enjoy it. Like I want to go to London. I want to go to Paris. Mm. We haven't gone yet. So I'm like, all right, it's on the list. We'll get there. <laughs> how, um, how long have you been there? It's been over, it's been a little bit over one year. We got here okay. and it was Cinco de Mayo. So I always remember. <laughs> wow. Yes. That is so cool. So I know. Cool. Um, how old are you? 28. I'll be 29 in November. Scorpio. Same. Oh, snap. <laughs> yeah. You wouldn't believe know. How, how common it is for <laughs> signs. You probably would believe how common it is I for love, signs to come up on this show. So. <laughs> what is your favorite thing that you've bought so far this year? Oh, that's a good question. Favorite thing I bought so far. Honestly, it was my refrigerator. It sounds crazy, but we had the smallest, jankiest, like typical European white fridge. You can fit Mm. nothing in it. And I like wine. So the fact that I couldn't fit like a proper wine bottle in there was irking my nerve. So Mm -hmm. we bought like this massive American style fridge. And then when the delivery people came, they were like, oh, say American to the Americans. I was like, yeah, mm, 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 <laughs> we got a fridge. We're fancy. <laughs> yeah, Everything so is cool. so tiny in Europe. I know, but this is like the one thing that was like obnoxious as hell, but I couldn't, I couldn't live like this. I'm like, listen, we can blame it on John. We can blame it on the baby, but yes. we're getting a fridge, an American sized fridge. Very important. Listen, if I can't fit wine and like frozen, like pizzas and stuff, it's not happening. Like it's not a good day. Let's see. Left to your own devices. You got no plans, no obligations. You get to do literally whatever you want to do. What would we find you doing on a Saturday night? Okay. Honestly, what you would find me doing is trying to get people to go to karaoke with me. Like, I love karaoke. I don't care if it's like a blizzard outside. I don't care if it's like a tsunami. I don't care. If there's... If there is a way to get to karaoke, the bird is going. If Adele can be played, if Amy Winehouse can be played, that is how you spend your Saturday night, my friends. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, have you ever been to like a proper karaoke? <gasps> I believe so. So much fun. But I don't, I guess I don't, I'm not completely sure what makes it proper, but. <laughs> like, if, okay, so the ones in New York City, if you go to like Koreatown, they have these like proper hidden rooms where you're not in front of everybody. It's like you have your own room with your friends and the big board. You can pick any language you want. It pops up on the screen. Everyone has their own microphone. They give you like drinks and you can have chips and snacks. Mm. I mean, the snacks are the best part, but it's like the rule is no one records anything. So it's like everyone can just actually like play and do the karaoke versus being like I don't want to sing I can't sing it's like there's no Mm. excuse (laughs) (laughs) that is I don't want to sing I don't want to be in front of everybody is exactly how I do karaoke so but there I probably I would probably join in so I guess no I've never been to proper karaoke yeah this is how you do part this is how you do proper karaoke it is so much fun like if you're having a bad day trust me Put on Spotify and do some karaoke to like Adele. I know that she does sad songs, Mm. but maybe it's not good advice. But anyways, it's epic. (laughs) Rolling in the deep though. I mean, yeah, you get some good energy going there. I mean, if not, you could pick Lady Gaga, I guess, but she's not really great for karaoke. 
Mm. Listen, kids, pick what you want, but I suggest Adele. (laughs) (laughs) What is the worst piece of advice you've ever been given? Oh, the worst advice I've actually been given was to tone it down, like Mm. to tone down like my birdness. And I was like, you do realize that I like came out the womb like this? Like, (laughs) there's no turning it off. Like the moment I discovered that my mouth could make words, it was like, boom, here we go. Let's get down to it. (laughs) Yes. Why slow down? And I'm like, why? Like, it's what makes me, me. People remember the energy. So it's like, it's bad business advice, my friends. Don't Mm -hmm. listen to people that tell you to tone it down. Like, what does that even mean, tone it down? Tone what down? enlighten me get out of here with that so tell us about bird how did you where did the the name come from and what does it mean yeah so it all comes back to like my hometown when I was little there was a point where I was shy and then it like quickly changed and my best friend's dad like we were always there at his house and he's like Natasha if you don't stop talking like a dang turkey Gobble, gobble, gobble. So my nickname was actually Turkey for a very, very long time. It was Turkey until I met Mr. French and he goes, oh my God, you're so tiny. Like I'm like literally five foot three quarters. And he's like, you're so small. He's like, you're so small, but you're so loud. You're like a little bird, like one of those tiny little birds in the streets that are like peep, peep, peep. Mm -hmm. So that's how I became the little bird. And then my coworkers were like, did he just call you like, little bird I'm like yeah so then it just stuck like everyone was like oh that's so cool bird I'm like okay well <laughs> yeah it totally works yeah that bird energy it's like my alter ego because like Natasha is very like adults like my mother she would always be like I named you Natasha you will go by Natasha I'm like okay mother fine I know you named me Natasha yes I understand it's very proper I appreciate a great name it's great but bird is more fun <laughs> yes I love it I don't I don't think I've heard that story no I don't usually don't tell it that often yeah unless well, someone asks <laughs> this is exclusive content exclusive for you <laughs> <laughs> um what do you think is the best thing you've ever eaten the best thing I've ever eaten oh the peeps are going to come for me because I'm not a foodie I wish I could say something like elaborate but literally it has to be just like regular, like my grandma's tacos, <laughs> the ground yes. beef tacos with like the lettuce and the tomatoes and the sauce on the side. And there's chips probably. And there's a Coca-Cola can somewhere. Mm. Like I'm just really like plain Jane when it comes to food. I'm living in France. Okay. So it's kind of like, oh my God, there's so many good things to eat. But like legit, I could live off of my grandma's tacos. <laughs> yeah, Give me a taco yeah. for sure. I love that. Why? I mean, uh, Why there's okay. beauty and simplicity. Yeah. There really is. Um, what is the worst job you've ever had? Ooh. Oh, that's, that's a toss up. Worst job I've ever had. It lasted a week. I don't think anyone actually knows this besides like my Pete's back in Pennsylvania. Ooh. The worst job I've ever had was when I left working at McDonald's when I was like 18 and there was like this off period between like getting a real job at the bank. One week I worked at um, Marshall's in the shoe department. That was the worst job. (laughs) Like I love shoes, but that was the worst job of my life. 
Like literally those shoes were smelly. The people were horrid. They would like come in and cause a ruckus. And I would like lose my mind trying to reorganize. And I'm like, no, I don't want to do this. Like even the bank job, at least there was like money everywhere. And people were like, (laughs) can I have a mortgage? Can can you change my life? And you give me like a credit card or business credit card or something. I don't know. That was at least fun. Like, yeah. not like old dirty shoes. That's not fun. <laughs> Did you have to like touch feet or like be like oh, put shoes no. on people and stuff? Oh, no, that's good. No. But Ooh. like literally the, the week was horrid. Like I remember going in and it was like literally barely minimum wage in Pennsylvania. So maybe like seven bucks or something. 7.25 probably. Horrible. Mm. I'd rather be at McDonald's smelling like fish, like fish filet and uh, nuggets. <laughs> <laughs> I've never, I've never worked at McDonald's or, well, really anything in customer service. Really? Yeah. I'm surprised, actually. Yeah. I mean, I've worked at concession stands. Cause like, and I probably I would have like, been fine in it, but. Yeah. Like, it would have been like, give me, I'll, I'll buy everything. <laughs> yeah. You need this, you need this, you need this. And then this, I just this. charm them into making the sale. Exactly. It's <laughs> how I predict, how I imagine it would go. Yes, <laughs> of course. Um, what is the last song that you listened to? Mm. The last song that I listened to was probably, hmm, what was it? It probably was something from Peppa Pig, to be fair. I like, was going to say. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you like- should have said the last song you listened to that you enjoyed. <laughs> Yeah, the last song I listened to that I actually enjoyed, um, I think it was Amy Winehouse, because mm-hmm. I listen to like the same songs all the time. Like I'm not hit with the, the new step. So probably it was Amy Winehouse, uh, Valerie. I wish I could I say I was cool and hip, but I'm really not. I don't know yeah. what's new right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, given the choice between being cool and hip, I would pick being bird any day. Yeah. From what I know, from what I can see. Um, what did you want? What did you want to be when you grew up? Oh, I wanted to be a singer. I was so naive. <laughs> I was like, Mom, I'm going to be a singer one day. I'm going to be a star. But yeah, I was so naive. I really wanted to be a singer, like a jazz singer. Yeah. Like, you know, those people that go into like those old like bars or whatever. And like mm. there's couches everywhere. And the lighting's kind of cool. Yeah, I want to yes. do that. <laughs> I saw, I feel like for the first time ever in my life, I had only ever seen it in the movies. It kind of reminded yeah. me of like Jessica Rabbit. Oh, um, snap. <laughs> uh, I was at the Ned, I think it's called, in London. Mm-hmm. And they had kind of that situation going on where it was like a lady on a <laughs> pedestal by herself with like a boom, 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 boom band kind of banging in the background so yeah um very cool you would have been great great (laughs) Um, yeah it was uh yeah it was quite interesting quite interesting and then after that I wanted to become a science teacher oh what (laughs) inspired you to want to go that direction your science teacher I'm a nerd I'm a nerd and also my science teacher was a bomb they were so cool I'd be like yeah that'd be so much fun they were like yeah you get summers off Mm -hmm. you don't have to work at night Mm mm-hmm you can have hobbies. Like you can still sing if you want. Like it was so cool. I yeah. was like, yeah, that's so cool. That'd be a great job. <laughs> yeah. There are cool things about being in education. For yes, sure. I know. Uh, the schedule is definitely one of the biggest perks. 
The schedule is amazing, darling. <clears throat> you know this firsthand. <laughs> I sure do. I sure do. I love my favorite thing about my job is when I don't have to go to it. <laughs> yes. uh, which is a good sign, right? Um, speaking of what we do currently, what do you do now? What do I do now? So I don't sing and I don't do science teaching. What I actually do is so different now. I'm actually like a content strategist for wedding photographers. It's very niche. I know, but I freaking love it, man. It's mm-hmm. so amazing. So and much you fun. crush it. Based on what you do now, would you say that you're in what you would call your dream job? Or do you have another aspiration as you're going forward? Like if I could do yeah. that thing, that would be dope. Yeah. I mean, honestly, if I could do what I'm doing now, but actually like teach people how to do it. Cause I think that's mm-hmm. why I always wanted to do like the whole science teacher thing. So I was like, there's something so cool about teaching people, something that like you're just passionate as hell about and everyone else is like a deer in headlights. Like what, mm. what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> that would be cool to like, you know, strip back the layers of the nonsense and be like, okay, we can make this super, super easy. Pay attention yes. and learn. <laughs> Watch and learn from the bird. Yeah. All right. To wrap up the lightning round, what is your favorite thing about being queer? Oh, that's a good question. Honestly, I think my favorite thing about being queer is meeting other queer peeps mm. who are kind of the same as me. So what I mean by that is like, I'm always feeling like, well, I don't know, like, am I, am I considered like queer enough? Am I mm-hmm. not queer enough? Like, are they going to take it the wrong way? Are they going to have a million questions? When I meet someone else that's like in that same space and they're like, yeah. oh my God, there's more of us. Oh my God. Like that is super, super cool. I love it. (laughs) Yes, it is. It's the best. It's the best, which is actually a great um, segue into your story, um, be it coming out or just what your kind of queer experience has been. What does that look like for the bird? Like, it's interesting. Like I've always thought about like everyone else is always talking about like their coming out story and like how maybe it was like, um, not dramatic, but just like more, I guess dramatic. Okay. Let's call it what it is. Dramatic. Right. Or maybe their parents are like shocked or, um, they don't know what to say. Whereas for me, I technically like never came out really. Mm-hmm. I honestly assumed that my whole family just knew from birth just because I mean, like, I don't know how you're going to know, but <laughs> like, I don't know how you put it know. Honestly, I was like, these people, there's no way. Like, I have a big family. I have five sisters. And I would joke every day. I'm not even joking you. Like, every day I would joke around with my mom and be like, mom, statistically, the science says out of six of us, two of us, we're probably going to be queer. Maybe three. <laughs> and it me. <laughs> yeah. And like, she would be like, stop that. Don't put that on your sisters. Meanwhile, I'm like, I'm talking about me, but maybe probably some others too. <laughs> So it was never like this huge thing. And then like, as life went on and I moved to New York city, like one day I came back to Pennsylvania with Mr. French and I was just like chit-chatting about this girl I dated and my mom's eyes literally like rolled in the back of her head. It could have been because my step-grandparents were close. Mm. Who knows? Could have been that, but she was like, what did you say? What did you say? What? 
I was like, what are you talking about? She's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, where have you been? Where mm-hmm. have you been? And my stepfather's sitting there like, boom, 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 already knew, boom, 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 boom. <laughs> so like for me, I was like, who says that I have to really come out? Like, I mean, I talk about it openly all the time. I don't know how, like they would think I was joking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like, I would tell my stories and be like, oh yeah, I met this girl or like, oh yeah, I met this guy or like, da, 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 da. like, you know, yeah. and I wasn't like hiding anything. So it was just bizarre to me that they were like, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> but there was no like sit down after that. It was just like, okay. Yeah. So was that, did you just kind of date whoever you were into like throughout high school and you just were just like cool so like always in high, like in high school in high school like my town was very conservative okay. and to be frankly honest no one was my type now mm. had I seen someone who I thought was like the bird's type yeah it would have been on and pop it but there weren't any so <laughs> gotcha gotcha part of the reason why I left to go to New York City so I was like my person's out there somewhere I mean I had like a ex back in the day but like ugh, horrible Queerophobe, mm. not yeah. good. <laughs> had to be left in the dirt. <laughs> yes. Bye. <laughs> yeah, had to get had to get gone. But yeah, like there was really no one that like got on my level. And even like looking back on it, a lot of my friends from back in the day, like who I thought were queer, but like they never really said anything. It was just like an understood like we have the same vibe. Yeah, yeah. You know, like you never really <laughs> had the conversation. And then like. You know, years later on Facebook, they're like doing their whole coming out. And I'm like, oh, yeah, cool. Didn't think anything other than that. But OK, cool. Yeah. <laughs> hey. <laughs> yeah. Just checking in. Yeah. But New York City is where the bird came to life. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That's everything came together. That's so interesting. I mean, I have no idea. Well, that's not true. I feel like. You do just kind of know in a lot of cases, you do just kind yeah. of know. Yeah. Like, like it, it can naturally come about. And if you're in a space where it's not necessarily squashed mm-hmm. and uh, that kind of thing, you don't have to even have a conversation about it. God, that sounds yeah. like a dream yeah. world, almost sort of like I mean, the way it should of- be. Yeah, I mean, it kind of was like everyone assumes like because I was from this small town, like everyone is technically normally like Christian or Republican. Yeah, you would assume like, oh, it's horrible. They're racist or this or that they're this or that. But it really wasn't the case. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because of where we're situated. It's like you go 30 minutes and you end up in Temple University or you go like another 30 minutes. You end up in like New Hope, which is like the, the queer capital of Pennsylvania. Oh, like, really? Everyone is like, yeah. New Hope is like where you go. So, I mean, you can't live so close to Philadelphia, New Hope, and then like Jersey and New York City and be like, oh my God, there's queer people that exist in the universe. What? No, it's not how that works. You're kidding me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did no, no, one, no one was really like shocked or anything. Like everyone just was like, yeah, our church has the flag outside. We welcome everyone. Everyone's welcome here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Has it? Like with your family, I mean, they sound cool and whatever, like, okay, 
yeah, like we yeah. didn't know, but could should have been obvious or whatever. Were they <laughs> at all kind of pining for labels or like, what does this yes. mean? Or where do you lie there? What did that look like? Yeah, I guess the part that was annoying in the weeks to follow was the idea that like, I have been dating Mr. French and on first glance, like he does like look very like feminine and like um, has like certain like what people might be like not super masculine energy mm. about him. And so everyone was like, I don't get it. Like you're you're so interested in Mr. French. Like you're so like always with him. I don't get it. Like how can you be into girls too? Like how are you dating a girl and then dating him? I was like, first of all, kids, that's exactly what it's called, dating. Like, we weren't, like, together mm. for, like, forever. Like, there was a space where we weren't, like, together, together. So, yes, like, we were dating other people, and, like, he knew off the bat, like, what, what the situation was that I was bi. And I think certain people were like, but what does bi mean? Can't you just pick a side? You're just mm. confused. You're being promiscuous. That word, promiscuous, that's the one. Mm. That pisses me off. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it was very much like, I don't understand. Just pick a side and call it a day. Like they, I think they were more interested in someone that was like straight up gay or straight up lesbian. Like this in-between space, this gray space for them mm -hmm. was not their cup of tea. Yeah. So I guess in some ways, like it was like a after the fact, like realizing what I had said and then being like, but wait a minute, I don't get it. I don't understand. Yeah. So the fam is kind of like, eh, about the gray area, right? Because people yeah. like you know, yeah. you know, labels help people kind of organize their world and how they should act and what they should expect and stuff, right? Exactly. And I know, because we've had a million conversations about it in the collective, that yes. there is a lot of issues, even within the queer community too. Boom, yes. With, <laughs> with erasure and uh, judgment of folks who don't, align with what could be <laughs> whatever so what has your experience been with that within the queer community yeah like I guess a good example is like so my family I guess they're a little bit not strange but like they're cool as hell but a little strange my mother she her best friend from like the entire world is a gay man like they've been like best friends from like the jump um, and her whole life, she's always been surrounded by like, typically gay men, typically. Yeah. And, you know, like, it's never been an issue. Like, it's never been like a, ooh. And I guess on my father's side, you know, maybe it's a little bit more touchy because they're very like devout Baptist Christians. Mm -hmm. um, so it kind of was just like, we're just not going to talk about it, kids. I'm like, all right. <laughs> we just don't, we won't go to grandma's house and be like, Hey everyone, let's go to Pride. <laughs> like it's yeah. not gonna happen. And I think like for me, I was like, okay, cool. There's certain people that like you just don't bring it up and you don't toss it in their face. Cool, fine. But in New York City, I you know kind of felt like I was like my mom again. I always was surrounded by like these gay men, and they were like, oh my god, hunty, like you're bi, that's great. But then on the flip side, when I would meet like girls I was interested in and they were like lesbian, I. It sounds horrible. I wouldn't lead with the fact that I was bi. I would let them make their own decision at the end of the night. Cause I was like, I didn't ask you, you didn't tell me. Mm -hmm. And it's not like we were like on a lesbian only site. 
<laughs> so it's like ugh, I don't know why this has to be like a whole thing like a whole thing and mm-hmm. I get it it's like from their perspective and like one of my siblings is lesbian too and the way that she described it is like yeah but you know oftentimes we fall for like the bi girl and then they're confused and they change their mind and it never works out in a relationship it's like they're always looking for the guy in their life or they always have like this um part b plan like you're just like the the toy for the moment but then when they get serious they're gonna go in a different direction okay valid but in my case i really was picking someone based off of their energy and even if you look at like who i ended up with now you're like yeah that girl's by as hell because <laughs> it's like it just makes sense like i am just drawn to a very specific energy is nothing to do with like do you call yourself bi or lesbian and I think a lot of times people get so hung up and they're like we have to pick a side or else it's fraudulent because you're not going through the same problems like you're not the one that has to go outside and your partner will always be a woman right or always be a man like you can decide to eliminate that ag from your life you can decide but it's like I think that's what they're missing it's not a decision on my part to be like oh yeah today I'm gonna make my life easy and I'm gonna choose a man it's like that's not how it actually works <laughs> surprise yeah how it works well and do so have you gotten a lot of questions about like if you say that or explain that to someone them being like so then how does it work yeah yeah so I have, done, I have done this with a girl I was dating once in New York City and I was like, listen, listen, babe, the same way that you go into a bar and you look at like, let's say three different women, right? One of them might be super, super like feminine energy. One might have like a masculine energy and one might just be like neutral in the middle. Like you really mm-hmm. don't know what energy they're giving off, but you're drawn to one of the energies. It's the same thing with me. Like, I'm not really looking at like, Ooh, there's a man. My life could be easier with that one. Or Ooh, there's a woman. My life could be this way with that one. It's like, the same way that you're thinking about me being like, oh, you're picking a, you can pick and choose is the same way that the man would be thinking about me too. He'd be like, well, aren't you going to just change your mind and go out with the woman? Like they have the same insecurities. If you yes. think about it, it's like, well, I don't know. Will I be enough for you? And I don't know. Like, are you sure that this isn't like a, you're trying to fix something like fix something? The insecurity thing is really that's where all of these questions come from, right? Is yeah, it's when, insecurity. when people are shooting inside the circle in particular uh, within the queer community, it's just all fear-based. It's all about them, which is yeah. really shitty because everybody's pining for acceptance and tolerance and love me as I am. But mm-hmm. what the hell are you doing over there? Yeah. You know? It's like you're in this space where you're not supposed to be. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? You're breaking the rules. And it's like, okay, kids, I understand. But yeah, I don't know. Like for me, I I remember being like, sometimes not feeling heartbroken because that's a little harsh. I don't know if I really could be heartbroken that often. It's pretty rare. But I remember one time feeling a little bit like butthurt, I guess, because like this, this woman and I, we were dating and like everything was Gucci. But then she started becoming like, Natasha I don't know like who are you hanging out with and I'm like my friend who's like legit dating a guy what are you talking about he's gay as hell what are you talking about calm down (laughs) (laughs) 
So and- calm down, people. Calm down. Everyone calm down. <laughs> people could have, this is the thing too, I think is it's just a, uh, I don't, a kind of an indicator of not security within yourself, but also just communication and understanding of the expectations yeah. of the relationship anyway. Because yeah. you can go out and be attracted to lots of people and not, and just be like, yeah. Exactly. Like, like, for example, like, I love Brad Brad Cooper, Bradley Coopy. Mm. What's his name? Brad Cooper? From- Bradley Cooper sounds right. Yeah, Bradley Cooper. I love him. He's so gorgeous in my eyes. But, but would I see him in the bar and him actually give a crap? No. Would the person next to me be upset about it? No. So then. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like the logic there. I'm like, everyone can be good looking and be in the same space or not be good looking and be in the same space. It doesn't have to be like this competition of like, oh my God. What about yeah. me? It's like, no, kids. <laughs> but you gotta be confident in yourself. Yeah. Whether you're queer or not. This is like the number one thing in a relationship that will ruin it. If you're not confident in yourself before getting into a relationship, it ain't gonna work, queer or not. Yeah. Confident in yourself first. Love yourself first. <laughs> you gotta do it. You gotta do it. Yeah. Um that is that's so intense. And I know, you know, we've <laughs> talked about it on several occasions in the collective, like that. Uh, even if you are, you know, confident in your own queerness and your own experience and all that stuff, it can be kind of intimidating to be in queer spaces (laughs) or if you're not in what people would deem a traditional queer relationship, it can feel kind of scary, intimidating, I would imagine, to be running those circles. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But it's quite interesting. Like, I didn't feel that way in New York City. It's so weird. Mm. Like, I never felt that way in New York City. It was only when I left the bubble. Like, I consider New York City to be a bubble in yeah. some ways because I felt like there were so many people like me where you literally didn't know what they, like, <laughs> you didn't know what you were going to get. It's a yeah. handbag. Just whoop, get what you get. And everyone assumed because my partner was, like, a hairstylist and very, like, I guess people call it in Pennsylvania, what do they call it? Like metrosexual? I mean, like oh, yeah. a little bit like you do your eyebrows and your hair is nice and you have like the clothes or whatever. I don't know. I think that's what my parents used to say. Yeah, very I remember that. Well, Natasha, I guess sure he's not gay. I'm like, yes, mother. Okay, calm down. <laughs> but for me, it was very strange because like I had typically dated like very like macho men in the past, mm. like before okay. moving to New York City and before like, finding out that like my peeps weren't where I was living yeah and I guess they were like I don't understand like what's happening here why can't you find a man that's like you know gonna take care of you I'm like well why wouldn't you take care of me ma what would be the difference and even my girlfriend's being like are you sure that he's actually into you are you sure that he's on this team I'm like what team guys Mm -hmm. what team explain it to me (laughs) team human (laughs) exactly and I'm like oh it's so annoying and I think now like I'm in a weird space where sometimes people will let it go like they'll they'll find out I'm by and then they'll be like annoyed Mm. (laughs) they'll be annoyed number one like oh okay she didn't pick a sack fine tick number one number two oh she was a man I'm not happy about it but then they'll ease up I'll notice the ease up the moment that they see the way he looks and the way that he like you know presents himself they'll be like Oh, okay, that's fine. And I'm like, hmm, what is that? Like, what mm. is that? Like, 
You're like, now did I you, get did it. it. Make you feel better that he wasn't like a macho match. Like, I don't know. I can't quite put my finger around it because mm-hmm. if you think about it, like even within the queer space, you'll have like, I remember my, my gay friend, like my guy friends, he would be like, oh yeah, you know, sometimes the, the other gay guys that are a little bit more macho macho, they don't even like want to talk to me because mm-hmm. I'm not macho macho. And I'm like, what is this like subdivisions within the subdivisions? Like I'm confused. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's confused. hard to find your way around. You just, you don't really ever know what you're going to get. Yeah. Like I'm still, don't, I still don't get it, but like literally I just tell people the bird's going to do the bird. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like if you don't get it, you don't get it. And I think for other people, they probably feel the same way where it's like, if you are in a very, like, it doesn't appear to be queer. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh no, I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to tell them that I'm bi. I'm not even going to tell them X, Y, and Z, whatever the case may be. You're not even going to tell them because you're already waiting for like the questions. Da, 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 da. But why, yep. but why, but how, but how, but why, but why? No, no. <laughs> Prove it. <laughs> yeah. Et cetera. Yeah. Um, <laughs> test, if you will. <laughs> the test. <laughs> Test. <laughs> no, you alluded to this a little bit earlier with uh, the work that you do is largely with wedding photographers, correct? Yes. Or yes. solely with. I mean, so far, I mean, technically I have like, I've been marketing myself as like the wedding photographer, like content guru, like, because okay. number one, I'm obsessed with weddings. Let's just get mm-hmm. it straight. I love weddings, but I love photography because well, photos, hello. And, you know, like I started like my own like travel lifestyle blog back after I had John, my babs, and I really got into like photography. Granted, I wasn't very good, but I was obsessed with looking at people that were really good. And I was like, Mm -hmm. okay, how can I do this? How can I make sense? And I was like, duh, wedding photographers. But yeah, I've helped like coaches and stuff. It just depends on like what their energy is and if they're down with like my method of doing it. (laughs) So we were... um kind of talking as we were looking at what are we going to talk about today? What's our, our, uh, our thing. And you've spent so much time around weddings and, yeah. uh, you know, traditional, you know, hetero stuff, queer weddings. Um, mm-hmm. and we were kind of talking about bridegroom culture. Um, what, do, what are your thoughts on that? Give us, give us the down low yeah. on what's the deal there. Yeah. Like it's been, so primarily the wedding photographers I worked with, they are like queer photographers. Mm. So a lot of times I won't have to like go in and like correct their messaging. Like they don't, they'll usually stay away from like the bride and the groom and they'll use like couple partner. But I have seen time and time and time and time again in the wedding space where they'll be like calling all brides, mm. calling all grooms. And I'm like, oh, can you not? Can you not? <laughs> Because like, I've gone to like bride and bride weddings and like, I've gone to groom and groom weddings. And it's like, you know how annoying it is to go into like the store and it's just like everything that you buy is just like bride and groom. And like, there's no way to like make some match. And like, I hate to be the comparison here, but in some ways it reminds me of like when I got married to my partner, like he's like a white male. I'm obviously a black woman. And everything that you could buy was like the white figurine with the white figurine and the black figurine with the black figurine. So it's like, if you feel like a dick for having just white and white and black and black, why don't you feel like a dick for having bride and groom? Like, I know you can't compare the two, but I went there because I can't. I'm like, who are you marketing to? 
Like right. you are sitting here and you're talking about like, well, I love weddings because I love love. And it's like, but do you love love? Yes. Mm-hmm. You or love do you a like a kind, kind of love? Yes, <laughs> exactly. So like, what is the, interested in what the, I'm trying to think linguistically, like yeah. what is the, uh, the, how does that look for like non-binary trans folks? Like where, yeah. how do you reach that uh, demographic of folks just, who are madly in love? Yeah. Like for me, I'm just like, it's so simple. Like people are like, well, I don't know, but they, they are the bride or they are the groom. Like, I get it. Calm down. I'm not saying that you can't refer to the bride as the bride and the groom as the groom. All I'm saying is that if you're literally trying to market to all the couples, just use the word couples. My couple had an amazing wedding this weekend. Mm -hmm. So-and-so went here. Like so-and-so, describe it. Like it doesn't have to be like this very like you're singling out someone. And then you're wondering why you're not getting people and you're like talking about how you're open to all. It's like, well, you're not being consistent with your messaging. That's why, yeah. like, no one wants to have to figure it out. No one wants to have to struggle to be like, will I be accepted or not? It's like, can you just make it simple? Yeah. <laughs> just make it simple. Wow. Yeah. Like, and even like, like, uh, like when my sisters got married, like it was a whole debacle of like, well, what are they going to wear? Is one going to wear the pants? Who's going to be the groom? It's like, mm. guys, you don't need to have a groom. You don't need to have a bride. You can have two brides and two groups. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Think about Ellen's wedding. Okay. We all love Ellen. What did Ellen have at her wedding, kids? <laughs> what did Ellen have at her wedding? Well, I know they both dressed up in white. One wore a pantsuit that was fire, and one wore Oof. about ball gown. Wow. Yeah. But Sounds if you want to wear two ball gowns, now. wear two ball gowns. If you want to wear two suits, wear two suits. And heck, if the groom wants to wear a damn ball gown, let him. Yeah. <laughs> A ball gown with suit jacket. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, obviously I'm not dressing anyone, but. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, but it, it yeah. just drives me nuts. And then they'll be like, but I don't understand. I'm open to all. I'm like, oh, are you? Are you? <laughs> <laughs> That's not what this says. Yeah. Yeah. I bet that has really changed the game for a lot of people who have then been able to reach out to them and be like, wow, you yeah. actually get it. Yeah. Uh, and it's more than, I think it's more than just like the, the bride, bride and the, or the bridegroom thing. I think it even comes down to like, even like the, the behind the scenes, like, you know, when you're getting ready and they like do things like the first look or whatever, it's usually like super, super, super catered to the woman in the picture. Mm-hmm. It'll be like, um, I don't know, like a very, like, it's always the same setup and it's like, okay, but what if she wanted to have more of like, the groom set up like the cigar bar and like the cool like I don't know whatever the cigar bar <laughs> looks like like certain things that I just don't see within the wedding space like it's always geared towards like one type of person with like one type of look and like they all like the same thing with the flowers and then nah. it's like mm-hmm. can we please find a way where people can just pick what they want to pick regardless of like which side they're choosing like yeah can it just be like well, which one do you prefer this one or this one yeah and then you pick like if both sides wanted to have like uh the groom set up which i think is so much fun i had that at my wedding it was bomb yes. <laughs> like we had like a little smoking area like it was very untraditional it was very naughty i loved it it was great but i'm like why can't more people just 
be left to their own devices. Like mm-hmm. we need to stop with like, we're not going to photograph the guy or the person that's on the other side. It's like, well, what about them? What about their day? They're special mm-hmm. too. I don't yeah. see it. Like you never see it. Like, like I I'll, I'll wait. I'll wait. <laughs> I don't see it in the magazine. I don't see it on Instagram. I never see like the photographs coming in for the first look is like the groom standing and then his groom comes like that is so magical have you ever mm-hmm. seen two men cry oh it's beautiful and i'm like um, guys just start just start using like inclusive language even like even if you're confused yeah. and you don't know if you should be like putting in your caption blatantly like i don't know should i say groom groomer just blah 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 okay just use inclusive words <laughs> you could just say partner yeah you could literally just make it that easy for yourself like don't overcomplicate it like i call mr french mr french my partner my partner in crime my my, my buddy, <laughs> I ride a whatever feels cozy to you. It doesn't have to be so serious. Like I think people overcomplicate the situation and that's why people get confused on both sides, like within the space and outside the space, right? Cause we don't all know everything. Like even if you are queer, we don't always have the answer of like, it should be done this way or yeah. else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Keeping it simple, speaking in generalities. It's a, it's like eating, like, if grandma's tacos are the best thing you've ever eaten, like, again, there's beauty and simplicity. Exactly. Like, <laughs> I think people overcomplicate it. That's the problem I see all the time. The mm-hmm. panic that comes over. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's like, stop. Yeah. Okay. Stop. Just because something's <laughs> not traditional doesn't mean it has to be complicated. Exactly. Exactly. Maybe those doesn't traditions it? were horseshit. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so um, tell us a little bit more about the service that you provide for these folks in wedding photography. Yeah. yeah. So it's funny, like when I first got into this niche with wedding photographers, I was like, there is no way that they have any trouble with content creation, content strategy, Instagram, because they are like, content machines like they go to the weddings they go to all of these like shootings and they have like tons of photos like I'm tons of photos they can just at any time bloop 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 or you know like you're in front of the camera all day you must love to be in front of the camera and have like loads and loads to say false (laughs) lies (laughs) they like to be behind it don't they yeah yeah and so it's been like a mixture of kind of in the beginning, like everyone's like, oh, okay, so you're helping them like take their photos and like make it nice for Instagram. I'm like, yeah, that's kind of like the final product from the outside. But what it really comes down to is like in the very beginning, I sit them down and I'm like, okay, well, like, what do you want to be known for? A wedding photographer. I'm like, that's nice. I'm going to ask you again. <laughs> what do you want to be known for? What do you want to be known for? Like who would be your ideal couple? Like tell me right now, make them up, like describe them to me. And then from there, we like get into like a little bit of like the behind the scenes strategy, like the, down to the basics. Cause I think a lot of people forget that. And they're like, okay, well, I'm going to go into Canva now and just start creating. I'm like, that's mm-hmm. not, I mean, I think a lot of people think of it like, oh, so you take their photography and you know, you, you put it together and it's on Instagram. That's nice. I'm like, yeah, if only it was that simple <laughs> because a lot of it is like that back end strategy. Right. And I think mm-hmm. that's why I nerd out on it. Cause I love strategy because it's based on facts. It's not based on feelings. It's like you have it in your mind that you want to be a wedding photographer. Okay. There are million trillion 
wedding photographers. Why would someone pick you over someone else? So mm-hmm. we really uncovered that piece, number one. Then we figure out like, well, who lights you up? Like who would be your ideal person that you could just kick it with and be like, yeah, we're gonna make, we're gonna make some bomb, <laughs> bomb art today. Like yeah. tell me about that person. And then it gets into the weeds of like, well, where are they hanging out? Like they're not always just on Instagram. Maybe they're finding you on Pinterest in the blog, SEO, all that good stuff. And I like get into the market research with them and they're like, oh my God, like I never would have known this otherwise. So it's really yeah. like piecing together. How can we find their perfect match? Like clients, couples, like how can we find your perfect match? Like you mm-hmm. are literally entranced with like people's love all day long, but how can we find your love in the form of a client, in the form of a customer, in the form of a couple? Like, where's your perfect match? Hmm? we can find them. Let's bring them in through content that's strategic Mm -hmm. (laughs) and based on fact, not feelings. Yeah. I mean, and I would imagine the, the work you're able to do when you're working with a couple or a client that you're actually super excited about, it probably takes people's work to the next level even. Yeah. That's the thing. Like I've actually asked them like, okay, show me like some of your albums where like, you know, you took them on because you were coming from a place of not desperation, but coming from a place of like, I just need to get um, income coming in. It doesn't matter who it is. They could be like the worst client ever, but I just, I'm desperate. I'm coming from a, from a place of like desperation, right? Yeah. And you're giving off that vibe. And then they'll start being like, oh, okay, like I'm posting the content. I'm consistent on Instagram. I'm, I'm doing the, the Pinterest and I swear I'm right in the blogs, but I keep getting these people that are like nickeling and diming me. But basically I help them stop attracting like cheap Betty Sue and start bringing in couples that they align with number one, but they actually like enjoy working with number two. And then people that are willing to pay their price and not be like, well, can I do that? And can I do this? It's like, no, my price is my price. Like, would you go to the electrician, the plumber, the, the doctor and be like, hey doc, I got the system at ear. Can I, can I get it from a cheap, cheap? No, no, you cannot. Because I spent all these years and time doing my craft and like I'm helping them to realize the same thing it's like you spent all this time like understanding the equipment understanding like the the back end that comes into like becoming a wedding photographer like there are people all around you noise lighting is off people are crying people are drama like yes all the things that go into it and yeah you need to be like respecting your craft and it's like a lot of times they're not doing that and their content doesn't reflect that either so it's like all right let me help you craft it in a way that is bringing in your person because they're out there they're just waiting for you to invite them in and by posting just a simple picture of people looking pretty that's nice but it's not going to create action (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah so if there is a photographer out there who's like oh dang I could I need that because I'm getting the cheap Betty Sue. I'm getting all these people that I'm just looking for for out of desperation or maybe someone who is in the game looking for a photographer who's actually a good match for them that they want to pay to give them some dope as hell wedding photos. (laughs) How can people get in touch with you? Where is the best place to find you? Yeah. I mean, the best place to find me is on Instagram virtualbird.co it's the same as my website virtualbird.co <laughs> yes <laughs> always They'll be linked up in 
linked up in the show notes for sure. Is the best way to uh, get a hold of you to like slide into the DMs or shoot you an email or what's the best? I mean, I guess they can slide into the DMs, but I do like in my um, link in bio, it gives you all the options. So like you can go to the website or you can just click like work with the bird and then it'll take you to like schedule a time with me. You know, I might ask you some questions because, you know, I'm all about qualifying the leads, honey. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's like the best way. <laughs> Qualify the leads, honey. Yes. Always. That's some good advice right there. Always. <laughs> you Step do one it. to avoiding cheap Betty Sue. <laughs> mm-hmm. Check her out. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. We've come to the last question. My favorite mm-hmm. one. If I were to purchase you a billboard. And you can put any message on it that you want, that you want the world to know. What would it say? What would it say? Let's see. I was trying to be cool and catchy with it. But honestly, it's what I tell everyone I work with. It's peep, shush, start creating. (laughs) Basically, if you're the person that spends hours scrolling through Instagram for inspiration, Mm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Stop it. Mm -hmm. Start creating. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes. Any... um, I guess I'm adding a question here, but any last words of advice for folks out there who maybe are wondering, do I even need to come out or are working through like trying to explain what their experience is as a bisexual human or something like that? Any words of advice for those folks? Yeah, I honestly would tell them just stop overthinking it. Like for me, I know that I'm not the best person because I technically never like had my big coming out moment but what I can tell you is if you're feeling like I'm like I'm trying to like figure this out how would I say it what would I want someone to tell me stop overthinking it like if you're feeling like this heaviness like the cloud is following you and you're waiting for someone to find you out beat them to the punch yes not yourself first the opposite of peep shush loud and proud (laughs) that would be a great billboard now wouldn't it be like the bird (laughs) loud and proud everybody (laughs) there she is awesome bird thank you so much for coming on the show sharing your story and all of your amazing bird energy it is absolutely contagious and i'm so grateful for you i'm grateful for you too and all my bird all my bi peeps out there i see you Mm -mm. Yes. All right, everybody. That is it for this week's episode. We'll catch you on the next one. Till next time, keep it queer out there. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Out What Now podcast today. If you enjoyed today's episode, it would mean so, so much to me if you could take the time to leave a five-star rating and review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. And if you know someone who could use the message you heard in today's episode, please, please, please share it with them so that we can get this message out to as many people as possible. Thanks so much for being you and keep it queer out there.